Susie, do you know anything about witches? Arrivederci, and welcome to Scream 101 Podcast. I'm Brennan Klein. And I'm Shannon Jalakian. And because we're doing Suspiria this week, and it's the beginning of our Italian horror month, I wanted to open the podcast in Italian, which I don't speak, it turns out. So, hello, everyone. Hello. Uh, I'm excited to begin this Italian horror month, but first, as always, let's do our 10-word reviews. Shannon, what do you have for us? Uh, I have Sex in the City. So many first world problems, but still a really fun watch. Oh, man. Yeah. And that's what I have for this week. What about yourself? Great. Also, I would like to point out that because I was here with Shannon and Sergio, who insisted uh, Sex and the City was the first movie I saw this year. Yay! It's going to be a great year. It's going to be a great year. Um, anyway, uh, my 10-word reviews are Knock Knock. So crappy, it deserves instant YouTube infamy. The Big Short. A sublimely directed economic horror film. And The Danish Girl. If my name was Oscar, I'd adore this so-so film. Eh? All right. I don't eh? think I got that. Like the Oscars? Like the Academy Awards? Oh, okay. Because everyone's going to win so many awards. I okay. mean, they were good, but like the movie was... Good. Better. Required required explanation, but okay, makes sense. I tried. It's 10 words. I know. I know. You always do far, far better than me, though. <laughs> so you. anyway, we're going to move on to our discussion. And like, like he had said, we are talking about Suspiria, which I actually stayed awake for this time. Congratulations. Which was a big deal. It, uh, it has come full circle. We watched this our first year of school, mm-hmm. or attempted to watch, and it didn't work. It's okay. There um, were there were other people in the room, so I yeah. could use them to talk to. Yeah, and I passed out. Anyway, uh... Starting with our discussion, please tell us the plot. All right. Susie Banyan is a young American ballet dancer who arrives at a prestigious European dance academy run by the mysterious Madame Blanc and Miss Tanner. Okay. But when a series of bizarre incidents and horrific crimes turn the school into a waking nightmare of the damned, Susie must escape the academy's unspeakable secret of supernatural evil. Dun dun dun. People just think we're crazy. Uh, well, that's true. So, as you can tell, there will be spoilers in our discussion. Yes. Um, we rate on a, a one to five scale scariness and screams, campiness and perms, gore and severed limbs, and quality and unlucky stars. So, Brennan, let's start with you. What would you say your scariness score is? All right. My scariness score. This is a really, really tough one. Yeah. Because you have to be in the right mood to be scared by Suspiria because it's definitely a mood piece. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give it three out of five screams just because um, the the mise-en-scene, if you will, Ooh. is intentionally created to be chaotic and overwhelming. And there's so much going on, like these bright, vivid technicolor splashes across the screen that are completely unrealistic and therefore awesome and supernatural and crazy but also the soundtrack that we were imitating by goblin um it's it's something else to say the least absolutely it's relentless and pounding and only halfway melodic sometimes it breaks into like beach boys surf rock for some reason yeah but most of the time it's just noises in this it sounds like an actual goblin is going la 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 like yeah, sounds like yeah, yeah. 
a really far away Lady Gaga fan going, yes. <laughs> um, anyway, it just, it creates this beautifully eerie atmosphere. And if you are receptive to that, it is a scary film. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I agree. I, I also put three out of five. It wasn't like I was, I'm not, I'm not going to have nightmares about this film, but it definitely is so strange that it like leaves me kind of unsettled. Um, the set, the sets were crazy, does it like crazy ornate, uh-huh. which we, we could expect from the Italian horror films. Um, uh, and the, again, the sound, the music was so, so weird and how it fit. And it kept doing this weird cut where it would like, you oh, know, yeah. I love that cut. At the very beginning of the movie, she's in, in an airport. The airport is not necessary for the plot of the movie at all. But she's in the airport, and it'll like cut to something in the airport, and then it'll cut to the airport doors. And every time it cuts the airport doors, the music will start. Dun, 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 yeah, dun. yeah. And then it'll cut away, and then it'll stop. And it cuts back. Du, 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 and then it cuts away. And then it cuts back. Du, 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 <laughs> I think they get the hint. Um, so with all of the, again, mise-en-scene, uh, it definitely made things strange enough that you were so engaged that it was like kind of kind of scary yeah uh, it's this really phantasmagorical tapestry of just chaos and i think it's kind of a perfect example of italian horror yes and it's like the epitome of what it could achieve mm-hmm. so speaking of italian horror what's your campiness score for suspiria so for campiness this week uh I'm going to change campiness to more like the abstract, like like the absurd. Absurd. Thank you. So the absurdity score, I give it four out of five because the place is so weird because they make it seem like like the the um, place that they're living is monstrous, like it's huge and there's all these secret doors and hallways, but everything for like from from ceiling to floor is painted in these strange patterns everyone you know since this international like they're they all dress differently and they all have these different quirks and they kind of were talking about cultural differences uh and then the dubbing explain that again okay so this is something that we're probably going to be seeing for all of the films that we watch mm-hmm. um italian movies in the 70s and probably the 60s to the 80s like it was kind of spanned across a couple decades they were all filmed without an audio track they were all filmed silently and redubbed later into whatever language they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So all the people on set, they knew that no one was going to be hearing what they were saying. So they would just say their lines in their native language. Okay. Um, the Italians were trying to sell to the American market. Mm-hmm. So most of the movie does feature actors speaking their lines in English. Mm-hmm. But there are sometimes German actors saying their lines in German and being dubbed over in English. So some of the lips match. Some of the lips absolutely don't match, and some of the lips, they're clearly speaking English, but the dub artist didn't try hard enough, so it's just, like, totally off. And that's pretty much what is going to be happening with all these Italian horror films that we watch. Okay, yeah. So that that added to the the absurdity score, because you're like, I don't know if they actually said that, or or if they did, or, um, you know, things like that. And it's also really fun to kind of guess what they were saying originally, and in what language. Uh, So overall, very absurd movie. Uh, Would watch again just for that reason. Absolutely. And for campiness for me, I gave it three out of five perms. There's something great. Um, There's a blind pianist 
who gets punished by um, spoilers, I guess. Um, there's like a witch coven running the ballet studio, right. so they kind of kill whoever crosses them. Right. And so they're killing this blind pianist, where the like the dog attacked the child that lives there, who looks like Hansel from Hansel and Gretel. Right. Um. So this pianist, it cuts away to him off campus, and it, it's one of the only scenes that's actually off campus that's not in the uh, opening. And he's at this German pub. And there's just a whole bunch of guys in later hosen that are doing this dance where it looks like they're beating each other up and slapping them oh, across yeah. the face. And it's like, I want to learn that dance. And I was so excited, but it just has no place in this movie whatsoever. And also, pretty campy. There's a part where, oh, in that same scene, the, like the dog attacks the blind guy. But in the close-up, when they use the puppet for the mouth, it looks pretty good, actually. Yeah. But in like there's really wide shots where it's like the dog attacking him, but the dog's clearly like, standing around wagging its tail and I'm like mm-hmm. i'm not menaced by this at all and it was kind of silly yeah uh so yeah um that's three out of five for me what about gore this is an italian movie so gore is always a fun subject i love that gore comes up because one of the reasons that uh i was so interested in watching this movie at the beginning of our friendship long time ago was because it was mentioned in one of my then favorite movies juno um, where Juno is comparing uh, Dario Argento, especially specifically Suspiria, and then Jason Bateman's character says, "No, Herschel Gordon Lewis, um, you know, Wizard of Gore is supreme in and Gore. He's clearly insane, right? Absolutely. Um, but now I have seen both, so now I can actually like evaluate. Uh, I will say, and and we talked about this briefly. Um, Dario Argento." is an artist you know so so a lot of his gore was very artfully done and and um you see that from the very beginning where uh one of the women um who was killed in the very opening sequence has first of all this huge like barb structure stuck in two places of her body but also she has glass that is cut across her face and it is it's pretty spectacular um it's not not a lot of the stuff is like active like you don't see them actively getting cut into or actively etc it's a lot of like secondary oh this is what happened in them shots but even so i feel like uh the gore is pretty pretty amazing and pretty um it like fits with the ornate um background what would you say yeah to kind of concede to jason bateman a little bit whatever um herschel gordon lewis does have more like blood and guts, and we're pulling guts right. out of the like pig or whatever. But Dario Argento is a filmmaker. Herschel Gordon Lewis is making like cardboard films, and Dario Argento is like actually making art pieces. Right. Um, his the gore itself, the way that it is realized in terms of effects, is usually not great. His um Italian blood looks like poster paint that got spilled all over someone. Like they had a spaghetti mishap. It's Italy. It's probably happened. Uh, happens all the time. Um, but the thing is, the way that he frames it, the way that he shoots it, it's gorgeous in, in a way that nobody else can replicate. Like, there's a scene where um, that same hotel scene where the girl gets dragged down to the ceiling and she gets stabbed in the heart and you can see her beating heart. And it doesn't look great, but it's still really disturbing. Mm-hmm. But then she fa- she starts to fall backwards through a stained glass uh, like skylight. Yes. And it starts with her head, like the glass crumbles away and her head sticks through. And you see the shot from below where it's just her head in this artful 
cheerful glass colorful pain and then she bursts through and she gets hung and it's it's like an artist's orgasm like it's this beautiful moment of just completion you're like oh my god this is the most beautiful murder i've ever seen in my entire life um tom savini could outgore him for days but in terms of the artistry it's pretty incomparable right absolutely and that's the only death in suspiria that's really like that and it's a double death the other deaths are artful and interesting but that is the one where you're like we're gonna talk about this forever and we still are it's 2015 oh god it's 2016 2016 and this movie came out in 1977 and we're still talking about it oh yeah it's incredible so what was your score for that uh, three out of five. Okay, of cool. Yeah, mine was three out of five too. I can't couldn't remember if I had said my score or not. Yeah, me neither. But yeah, mine was three out of five. And on the quality, um, I'm gonna say the quality is three out of five because I would watch it again. Mm-hmm. I would show it to someone. Um, and there were some interesting things. The plot in this movie is awful, just atrocious. It's probably not there. Like I don't understand how killing the the blind p- pianist helps the witch coven. Like, I don't understand. There's a lot of things. It kind of got it towards the end. Like, it kind of got, got a plot line uh-huh. towards the end. But the rest of the movie is like, what is going on? And I guess that kind it, of helps with the scariness. Uh-huh. And that that is a hallmark of Italian horror cinema, where it's kind of style over substance. Yeah. Like, they don't really care about the story they're telling so much. As yeah. As long as they can tell it beautifully. Yeah. Which is fine. You know, whatever. You do you. Um, but yeah, so three out of five is what I am giving it. Yeah, and I will say this is the third or fourth time I've seen Suspiria, and a plot kind of coalesces somewhere the more you watch it. Okay. But there's a a movie reviewer that I really like. His name is Tim Brayton, and in his review of Suspiria, I think he summed up the plot the best. It's like, because witches are doing it, it must be bad. Mm, okay. And it's kind of like, yeah, they're just kind of vaguely evil. They want to do some evil stuff, and that that's all you need to know. Yeah. But um, for me, I gave the quality four out of five unlucky stars. I think it's a beautiful film. It's gorgeous. The atmosphere it creates is really intense and disturbing and really effective. If you're in the right mindset, of course. Mm-hmm. But there are moments that are admittedly kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Um, the the blind guy death sequence is really, really absurdly long. There are um, some moments that are kind of Kubrickian where it's like, we're just going to zoom in on this for six minutes. Well, not not that long. It's not that insane. But there are some pacing issues in the middle part. And I do wish that more of the deaths were that surreally gorgeous as Mm -hmm. the opening death. Mm -hmm. Um, But as an art piece, it's pretty incomparable. Yeah. There's a uh, there's something that Dario Argento said that he did that I always notice now watching the movie. And it's really cool. It's because he wanted Susie, the main character, to kind of feel like a child, mm-hmm. like exploring this surreal universe. So all of the doorknobs on the doors are set way too high. So she oh, has to yeah. reach up to get them. So it looks like she's a child. And I think that's that shows that he was really thinking about what he was doing. Yeah. And it was really cool. And uh, yeah, that, that's what I have to say. Four out of five. I... It is an Italian horror masterpiece, but for me, it's not my favorite, favorite film, but I still really like it. Right. Yeah. Definitely a good intro for, for Italian Horror Month. Yes. Um, I'm very glad excited. we started with this. I'm yeah. excited for this month. It's going to be a little short because we have a special 
um, event for the end of the month. So we got uh, three weeks out of this, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure we could handle more than that. It's intense. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, anyway, on to our favorite segment of our podcast, Champion Dialogue. Champion Dialogue. So I will open by saying that this movie is in no way funny. It's in no way trying to be funny. And it's in no way, um, you know, with, with all the English to other language subbing dubbing whatever uh there isn't a lot of room for intricate word choice yes. um it it has about as much diverse diction as the room does oh, so oh that's low i know i know anyway um there is one moment that i thought was really interesting so one of the things that we saw with Suspiria is that they are all over the place with their with their sets you know it literally they go from like oh they're in this pool to oh they're outside the school to oh they're in this room and oh they're in this this and there's this and at one point you just see a main character talking to a psychiatrist at some like psychiatrist's it was like convention. The convention center yeah um in geneva and they have this conversation and that and from this conversation comes one of the only like substantial lines of the film uh, i would say anyway uh and anyway so he tells Susie, the psychiatrist, tells Susie this. Bad luck isn't brought by broken mirrors, but by broken minds. Yeah, that I think that's the closest this movie comes to an actual theme. So good for good for them. I know, I know. And maybe there's some sort of like parallel with the whole like breaking of glass everywhere. There is there are a lot of shots. Um a lot of secrets are revealed through mirrors. Mm-hmm. Like there's this mirror where um Susie's trying to talk to the uh, one of the heads of the department, but the teacher that she doesn't like, she can see in the mirror, and she discovers a secret door as she's turning around, and she sees like the clue in the mirror. There's a whole bunch of stuff relating to that. Um, it's partially just Argento being stylish. It's partially like we're gonna keep this witchcraft eerie, like kind of otherworldly thing going on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, and my champion dialogue is. Again, not funny, but one of the most bizarre, out-of-context lines in the uh-huh. entire movie. It's, it's when Susie uh, comes into the girl's dressing room for the first time, and Su- she makes friends with a girl named Sarah, and this mean girl named Olga comes up and says this for some reason. Susie. Sarah. I once read that names which begin with the letter S are the names of snakes. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, is it Olga who says that? Yes. It okay. Huh. Olga. Ugh. <laughs> it's just so out of left field. It's like, what is what does that mean? And Sarah is so offended to the core of her being, and like, I, if someone said that to me, I wouldn't even know to be offended. I'd just be like, yeah. okay. Uh, have a yeah. nice day. Yeah. Well, Sarah, Sarah automatically is is just a very like high strung character. Yeah. From, right. cause, well, also because she's paranoid because she is figuring out all these things about the witch coven that she lives in. Um. But yeah, and I was like, this is what happens when the dialogue is not intelligent because my brain just went like, my name starts with S too. Like <laughs> it, it wasn't like it made you think, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> in a rudimentary sense uh so i am a snake as well anyway awesome champion dialogue Thank good you. good choice uh and move on to favorite character so who was your favorite character okay my favorite character was 
Well, I, I don't remember her name. Let me see. It was Miss Tanner. Uh, I just called her the Trunchbull. Yeah. Like from Matilda. Yeah. Because she had this, uh, she was kind of, she was like the ballet teacher who was really strict and her hair was pulled back kind of like Professor McGonagall really tight. Yeah. And she was just very, very German and very, very stern and just kind of hilarious. Yeah. Like there's a moment where they're, the witches are secretly like trying to get Susie to live on campus for their whatever evil deeds. Yeah. But they already gave her an apartment. Like they gave it to her. Right. And so now they're like, oh, your room's ready. We have it ready. And she's like, I think I'll stick with the apartment you put me in yesterday. And then the lady's like, oh, fine. If it's such a big deal. And then Miss Tanner comes up. She shoes the other girl away and she walks up right behind Susie. And she's like, I had no idea you were so strong willed. Like, good job. Yeah. And then it was just very, very strange. And I love how bizarre she is. Yeah, she is definitely very weird. And and talk about her dress, too. She's wearing this, like, like army uniform. It's like this black, black, like, skirt top combo with, like, a jacket. And she's always wearing the same thing the entire time. And she's got these, like... She's, like, a cartoon character. Yeah, she's got, like, these these, like, platform boot shoes on um just crazy stuff crazy stuff <laughs> so uh, what was your favorite character my favorite character was mark he's one of the only um he's he is the only male dancer that we hear anything from or see anything from we do that we see a couple male dancers but right. he's the only one who's a character right exactly there's one um, with a really hairy chest it's like he put a bathroom rug on his it's germany torso. and you're one to talk uh, okay well <laughs> no he has one of those like hairy italian chest that only could have existed in the 70s like i don't mm, yeah i don't know how the 70s managed to produce that much hair but i feel like that just doesn't really happen anymore no okay um it's all our processed food i guess anyway uh mark is set up as the like silent love interest of Susie, and like <laughs> part of the reason why Susie is kind of sticking around um but he just like keeps showing up and like winking and like like waving his hand in a very like delicate dancery manner at her and uh fluttering she, over her yeah face. she's intrigued by him but also you can tell that mark works for the dark side because he is easily swayed by whatever the um the teachers tell him to do and that's kind of also set up by him saying that he can't um him him saying that he can't pay for living and so that he has to do all these er extra errands for them for the witch coven uh you know like like polishing their brooms right picking up some toad eyes right right eye of newt um yep toad eyes are like the uh, like the generic costco brand of eye of newt right exactly exactly uh yeah so he, he's he doesn't have very much going for his character but neither do any of the characters because it's not yeah. about characters it's not so about anyway <laughs> anyway what is your favorite scene uh my favorite scene is Susie's very first ballet class and i think the only actual class we see at this dance school because of course it's like it's like glee like when are they ever in class it's all about the outside of class activities but she's just been kind of cursed by the evil witch cook she like shines this bright light in her eyes and it's like, I totally understand because I'm photosensitive. So that would give me a headache too. Right. But it makes Susie really weak and um, she's not feeling super great. And she walks into her first class of the entire year and she's like, I feel like I'm going to pass out. And the Trunchbull's like, no, you will not pass out. You must do the dance. And she's just like pushing Susie to do her uh, routine. 
So she's kind of drifting back and forth across the front of um all the class with all the dancers actually doing the moves behind her, and she's just kind of free floating, just really tired and exhaustedly trying to perform the the moves. Right. And it's really beautiful and really stressful. Actually, it was a really cool scene. Yeah, it is definitely. Um, I was I was busy during that scene trying to figure out why they would want to do that to her and how that's going to fold into their plan. Like maybe she's the chosen one, she's the next witch. But no, that never it never came up again. Well, see, um, no, the reason they did that is so she would pass out and they could put her in the room they wanted her in and then say, "Oh, Olga brought all your stuff because you were right. sick." That's right. That's right. Like, um, there is a rudimentary plot, but the first time you're watching it, you're like, uh, okay, this is happening. Yeah, it was very weird. But I do love that um, weird Greek-looking lady who is, like, always with Hansel. Oh, yeah. And is just secretly doing things. I don't know. Anyway, uh, my favorite scene was the razor wire sh- scene. It's kind of like uh-huh. the entire sequence of Sarah getting killed because she knows too much. Yes. And so she, like is is running and then gets trapped in this room and you see this this person with this knife but it looks more like a shoehorn trying to get into the room by like messing with the lock so she jumps up on she like builds herself a ladder out of all these suitcases and jumps into the next room but the next room is filled with razor wire and i don't know what purpose that room fills for which, them which which purpose which purposes <laughs> <laughs> that's dumb okay um yeah i i don't i don't know what they need that room for they're like oh yeah go get me some more razor wire from our razor wire room <laughs> yeah. like it's not an organized bundle of razor wire it's literally just like you got to be prepared yeah you never know when you'll need some razor wire yeah i guess so but i like how that scene also is is placed like she goes through the window and is looking for looking at the exit door and so she goes she goes down in an effort to go get go to the exit door and she somehow was unable to see that the entire room was filled with razor wire and is somehow stuck in it um so i liked all that i just thought it was and it it went on for like a long time of her just fighting through this razor wire Yeah, it's abrupt and then it's so long and it's so shocking and gory and weird yeah it's also kind of hard to believe that it was as dramatic as it is just because it kind of looks like someone just undid a whole bunch of slinkies <laughs> and put it in there so you're just like come on like be coordinated get out of the room but at the same time it's actually supposed to be razor wire and she's supposed to be like cutting herself to death yeah shannon you're just so insensitive uh, whatever okay so let's move on to our next segment which is going to be a special italian horror month segment called blood and black lace so the first uh, topic of our segment is what is your favorite shot in the movie, Shannon? Okay, so my favorite shot is where... So there was a scene that I couldn't watch. Do you want to talk about that scene? Is it worth talking about? Oh, the the maggot scene? Yeah. No, it, it wasn't particularly beautiful. Okay, so th- anyway, there was a scene that I couldn't watch involving maggots um they were falling from the ceiling and yeah Shannon does not like wormy squirmy things yeah so i couldn't watch and brennan was like giving me a play-by-play which i really appreciate it was true fun. true friendship friends <laughs> true friendship because it's not like there was any dialogue so i just had to say stuff yeah anyway right after that they're like okay well luckily they <laughs> say luckily it was only it only affected all the rooms in the um like the dorms yeah all the dorms so we're going to move all the girls down to um, the like one of the performance areas and we're just going to have them stay there. 
Um, yeah, it's like in Goblet of Fire when Sirius Black slashes the painting, so they put everyone in the Great Hall. That was exactly what I was thinking yeah. about when that was happening. Yeah, so so they move all these beds, and they're like, oh, and the men and the and the maids are all gonna help, and they all like you saw them like setting up, and then the, so everyone like gets in, and it's like they put this great white curtain surrounding the entire area, so you just got all these beds with this great white curtain, and they're like, okay, and then they turn off the lights. But turning off the lights turned on this red light behind the behind all that curtain. So it's just like this red glowing orb. It's very warm, but you also see shadows from the other side. And this is kind of the introduction of Sarah being like, the director is here. She's the one who snores really weird. And that way, you know, later, like that she snores that way. So the director is very important. It's very important. Foreshadowing. So but the the shot is so beautiful and the scene is so beautiful and there's this weird thing with Mark where he's like staring at them over the sheet and I don't know. I don't have any specific reason why I like it so much, but no, it was pretty. Suspiria's color scheme is bonkers. Yeah. And I love it. Like just innocuous rooms are just filled with this neon technicolor light. Like uh, the uh, Susie Banyan's room has this like crazy like cool blue light but sometimes it's lime green and it just depends on like the mood that Argento was in that day but there's one scene where there's really cool blue light inside and really hot red light in the hallway and the door opens and like the red and the blue kind of converge and it's really cool and those shots are gorgeous yeah yeah exactly so that's my favorite shot what was your favorite shot all right my favorite shot is in the hotel in the very beginning where the crazy kill happens it's the hotel basically looks like a kaleidoscope like it's got all these geometric patterns that form all these cool symmetrical shapes time out that was a hotel yeah i thought that was the 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 dance place no she ran away from the dance place i know so who is that extra person um the the lady who got stabbed by the monster guy yeah. Was the girl who's running away from school. Right. And the extra person was like the landlady of that hotel apartment complex thing. Oh. Okay. Yeah, because she wouldn't have run back to the school. Right. I, I don't know. It was a weird opening sequence. Keep going. Yeah, you're not really supposed to know what's happening. Okay. But it's either in a, a hotel or an apartment complex. I choose to believe it's a hotel. Okay. And the lady who's in charge knows this young woman. Okay. But... um. The young lady sees something outside the window and she gets freaked out and it reaches in and grabs her, but her door's locked and she's screaming and her landlady friend is like, there's a murderer, there's a murderer. And she's pounding on the door and like the door won't give. So she tries to um, like pound on the door across the hall to get someone to help. And then she's running down the hall, pounding on all the doors. And then there's this one shot of her pounding on the door, but it's a shot from the lobby and it's through this big alcove area and it's just really symmetrical shapes and she's pounding on this bright blue door and it's just a gorgeous shot. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And that set is fantastic and that whole scene's fantastic. But uh, speaking of, um, our next topic is most Baroque kill because this is about our Italian horror month. And obviously that kill, it's iconic and that's my choice. And how about you? It's my choice as well. Yeah, it's... It's gorgeous. It's a double kill because as the lady bursts through the uh, the plate glass window, the falling glass and chassis also kill the landlady friend. So it's a two birds with one uh, window. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The kill is, is beautiful. And 
The kill happened when I watched it originally, or tried to watch it originally. The kill happened before I fell asleep. So that is the one thing that I can remember, and uh, one thing that I can appreciate doubly as well um, when when I saw it again. So definitely amazing kill. Yeah, do our next. Oh, sorry. I was like, because all of that plus the really gorgeous, surreal, terrifying hotel design. It's like the Hell's Hilton. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's so cool. It's fun. Yeah. And our final topic um, of Blood and Black Lace is the most improbably beautiful woman, because especially in Dario Argento, ooh, there is some very beautiful people in this. And he he says like, there's nothing better than the feeling of killing a beautiful woman on screen. Like, mm-hmm. He's a weird dude. He's Italian. Anyway, so what what's your most uh, improbably beautiful woman? Um. My most improbably beautiful woman is Olga, who is the mean uh, friend who also, like, helps harbor Susie for a while. Um, She is pretty enough, but she just is, looks just very strange. Um, Not as strange as other people, but definitely my pick. So what about you? Okay, my most arbitrarily beautiful woman is the the landlady lady from the hotel. Uh Uh-huh. Because... Her part in a, in an American movie would be like kind of a frumpy, older, more overweight woman with like a cigarette. Yeah. But in in uh, Italy vision, she's this gorgeous, willowy, dark-haired beauty, and I'm like this is not her role at all. It reminds me of a movie I watched called Oh, what was it? Oh, it was called Murder Syndrome, and it was about this guy going to take care of like his invalid mother at this far-off mansion. And she was supposed to be, like, sick and dying, but she looked like Sharon Stone. Oh, no. And, yeah, the Italians, uh, they like their ladies. Yes, indeed they do. Indeed they do. So on to our games. In honor of the uh, Italian spirit, we're going to start with a uh, hearty round of Boff, Mary Kill. Yay! <laughs> so let's start with the, the women. Would you Boff, Mary Kill, Susie Banyan, the main character, mm-hmm. Olga, the improbably beautiful lady, or Sarah, the um, strong up, yeah, American, the the high strung American who believes that witches are in charge of the school. Um, I would boff Susie. I would marry Sarah, and I would kill Olga. Okay, that is probably the best choice. <laughs> I would kill Olga because she did not get a death scene in this film, and yeah. she needed to. I would boff Sarah because she's crazy. You know how crazy ladies are. And I would marry Susie because she is played by Jessica Harper, who was in Shock Treatment, which is one of my favorite movies ever. It's a sequel to Rocky Horror. It's awesome. Yeah. I wonder, like, this is part of the plot not being there. Um, Why did Olga, why was it okay for for Olga to live off campus, you know? I don't know. They liked Susie more. She was in shock treatment, so they're probably like, I guess. "We want, we want your autograph. You should come live with us." Yeah, or maybe, maybe like the best dancers they left off campus because they wanted to kill all the people who who weren't weren't good enough. That's pretty forward thinking. I like that. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, uh, yourself? Oh, you already did. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. So, so next one with the men. Okay, would you boff, marry, kill Pablo's the super ugly handyman? He okay. reminds me of Riff Raff actually from Rocky right. Horror. Now yeah. that we're talking about it, uh, Mark, uh, Susie's. Sort of love interest who never does anything. Right. Or Frank, the psychology student with the lime green blazer that's friends with Sarah. Oh, man. I would marry Frank in an instant. <laughs> uh, I would boff Mark, I guess. He's got to be flexible with uh, you Ooh, know, yeah. dancer stuff. And then I would kill Frankenstein. 
I mean, I guess it's pretty obvious. That's pretty pretty much what I would do too. Okay. Because Frank is attractive and he dresses very well. Yeah. And he is killing that lime green blazer. Oh yeah, just and we killing could, it. We could go all around Europe and talk about psychology, whatever. That's fine. And Mark, like, he's handsome, but he's so willowy, and I just feel like I wouldn't want to like deal with him for my entire life. Yeah, he looks like like that young fame character who tries to kill him kill himself. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, that concludes our round of Boff, Mary Kill. Our second and final game is a new game that I'd called the name game. Okay. Because Italian horror movies, and especially the Gialli, which are like the slasher uh, prototypes, have very, very evocative names. And so you have to tell me whether or not these names are true or false. Okay. So if they're, they, they're real or, or not? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to give you the name of a movie. Is it real or is it fake? Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Number one, a lizard in a woman's skin. Yes, because S names are snakes. Yes, that one's real. Okay. All right, four cries for the morning. No. No, that one's fake. Yay. But it's actually kind of close to a real one. Okay. Um, Six graves await their charge. Yes. That one's actually fake. I made it up. Oh, good job. Thank you. The black belly of the tarantula. Yes. Uh, yeah, that one's real. Okay. Seven blood-stained orchids. Yes. Yeah, that one's real. Yeah, I've heard that one before. Oh, okay. I do like to talk about this. The leopard smells the scent of woman. No. No, that one's not real, but it totally okay. could be. Yeah, it just sounds so, so silly. Whatever. Don't torture a duckling. Yes? Yeah, that one is real. Huh. Uh, Four flies on gray velvet. Yes. Yeah, that one is real. I actually I used that title in my uh, short film. Oh. As one of the trivia questions. Cool. Uh, six knives for beautiful flesh. Yes. That one's fake. Oh. I'm glad you're pretty good at this game, but I'm glad two of my fake ones got you. Yeah. And a uh, strip nude for your killer. Yes. That one's 100 percent real. Awesome. So you did really well. You got a eight out of ten. It looks like. Woo. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight. Yep. Congratulations. Thank you. Your, uh, That's your one, best of, one game of my best. So far, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And that game is fun. I'm sure I'll be able to find more for next week. Maybe. Oh, totally. No promises, but there's a lot. All right. So we're moving on to our final statements. Shannon, do you have a recommendation for people who agreed with you about Suspiria? Yes. I recommend uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis's Wizard of Gore so that you can have your own opinion about whether Juno or Jason Bateman was right slash wrong. Um, and it is, it's kind of atrocious to watch, but it's, uh, definitely something else. So, yeah, I feel like my recommendation should be that you don't listen to Shannon and watch <laughs> any other movie <laughs> because Wizard of Gore is just a repetitive blah mess. Like the gore is kind of fun yeah, and it's fun to make fun of, but it is, woo. yeah, and a I had pretty fun. cool remake though. Yeah. The remake's cool. Uh, definitely enjoyed watching the remake more, but I had a, a really fun time watching it with Brennan. Um, yeah, it's it, it's fun. So yeah, so find someone fun to watch it with, and then you'll be fine. Yeah. Okay, this is not my recommendation, but the remake's really cool. It's like a it's like a steampunk fairy tale with Crispin Glover. It's very yeah. strange. Yeah, it's great. Um, but my recommendation, I really love movies with bold color schemes. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna recommend The Guest, which is the follow up to your next from Adam Wingard and writer Simon Barrett. And especially, there's one scene in particular set at a party where the cinematography is just gorgeous. Yeah. It's the best directing that Adam Wingard has ever done in mm-hmm. his career. It's not my favorite of his movies, but as a visual piece, it's beautiful. 
And that's my suggestion. Yeah, just like the main, the leading man. He is as as beautiful as the movie is. <laughs> oh yeah, Dan Stevens. Mm-hmm. You can get it. Mm-hmm. All right. So on to the clue section. Um, based on the clue from last week, next week we'll be watching the Beyond. And in reference to the clue that we made, I said like our cheese need to be aligned because the director's name has two. His name is Lucio Fulci, so he has two cheese in his name. Nice. And it's set in Louisiana, so that's why I made the thing about it being set in Louisiana. Right. That one was easier. Um, and the clue for n- uh, ugh. the clue for the film we'll be watching two weeks from now is the following. For our final week of Italian Horror Month, we will be going door to door until we find the second last house on the left. Yay! <laughs> uh, okay. Yay. <laughs> and if you have a guess for that clue, if you have uh, champion dialogues, questions or comments about the beyond, if you literally want to say hi, tell us that you like anything that we do, um, you can contact us on Facebook at Scream101Podcast, on Twitter at Scream101Pod, via email at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars for... Give us five stars for uh, the pronunciation of a Rivederci. Oh yes. That, uh, yeah. Give us five stars, and in your re- in your five star review, uh, give us some Italian words that we can learn. Um, yeah, and we'll be playing you out with "In My Own Way" by Jessica Harper from the Shock Treatment soundtrack. Oh boy. If only you knew how to win some prizes. If only you knew. I did um, want to say also thank you to the strange weather that is California, where it was raining right before we started recording, and the minute we started recording, it did not rain, so it did not come up on the track, which I appreciate. Yeah, it's 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 gorgeous weather right now. Yeah, I'm so excited for this. I'm it's just gonna sit in it. Very excited about it. You can just go sit in the rain and cry. Yeah, let the rain fall. <laughs> That was that was my breakup song for like oh. three years ago. It was not oh. even long enough ago to not be embarrassing. But oh. um, anyway, <laughs> uh, the rain is great. El Nino, thank you for finally coming. Right, save us from the drought. And uh, yeah, this episode is dedicated to El Nino. Have a great day. Bye. Ciao. <laughs>